Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. You need to be more like a doll. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Nathan Brennan. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. I am Jake Bokovin alongside my partner. Where'd my partner go? Oh, my partner's not in the room. Uh, Nate is out on uh, on vacation. He's actually enjoying the probably pretty hot desert out there in Phoenix. Uh, but uh, he's got himself a nice Airbnb and all, Airbnb and all that, so uh, he'll be just fine. Uh, and Nick is, uh, is stepping out of the room for a second, uh, but he will uh, set to join me here in not too long. Also, here in about uh, 20 minutes, we'll get our weekly rundown from Brian Munson of On3 Sports, kind of breaking down the latest in Nebraska recruiting and just Nebraska news and notes all together. Um, kind of strange. They added a, a player the other day, a cornerback um, from Florida State, who originally was for, at UCF, kind of late in the game. So we'll kind of ask you about um, any potential, how much what's to be expected there from him, as well as Devin Drew, uh, who is the defensive lineman transfer from Texas Tech that still hasn't arrived on campus. Again, the expectation um, seems to be that it'll be here maybe by the end of the week, but... Um, I guess every day that you don't hear that he's here, you worry a little bit more. I will say this though. I mean, I, I they they seem pretty uh pretty well in in good hands if Devin Drew is to come along slowly, and which is what you expect. If if he if he doesn't get in, misses, you know, half a fall camp or whatever, you wouldn't expect him maybe to be ready to be a day one starter, though he has started started 11 games last year at Texas Tech. Um that interior defensive line though uh seems to be coming together quite well and, and, and a lot of it is just based on the belief in Colton Feast uh, of Utah Nebraska um kind of a, a, a surprise you know that in this will happen throughout uh, Nebraska football throughout its history as a walk-on steps up uh and uh and, and takes control and when when needed and that seems to be the case with Colton Feast and uh you know he's he's you know it's like it's like with Luke Reimer, originally a walk-on. Sometimes at first, it, you still have that kind of doubt. You kind of wonder if if that's really where Nebraska should be. But he seems to be, uh, you know, punching right there with the next guys on the defensive line. There's some scholarship guys behind him, so uh, kind of interesting there. So Colton Feast, his his uh, his arrival or not arrival. I mean, he's been here the last couple of years, but his rise, I suppose, uh, makes you feel a little bit better about Devin Drew not coming around. Uh, quite quite on time or, or when you would, would be ideal for Nebraska. Um, but Nash Hutmacher right in there. We know the polar bear. He's been getting uh, reps. He's been, you know, he's a, he's a big guy on the team. Um, so he can kind of clog up the middle a little bit for him. Ty Robinson is, is probably the name that you, you know is getting back. I mean, that you've seen play on the field quite a bit. Um, so you feel pretty good, I, I think, in there. And then, of course, Stephon Wynn, the, the Alabama transfer, uh, is is here on campus and ready to roll. Uh, all that being said, I mean, Devin Drew 
outside of Ty Robinson, would be the most experienced of those guys. Stephon Wynn playing sparingly at Alabama. It's it's nice to have a uh, former Crimson Tide guy in there, but obviously Colton Feast, uh, Nash Hutmacher, both, I think, both looking to get their first tackle. I know Nash doesn't have one quite yet. Um, just out of, I mean, just positive reports out of camp, which there's always positive reports out of camp, so it's just kind of hard to read between the lines there. But uh, what do you think, Nick? Do you feel okay about there even you know throw the the Devin Drew thing in there or not um I think stopping the runs the biggest fear of 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 what's going to happen with this defense uh and it's just unproven and so until it's proven maybe that fear kind of sticks around so it's going to be interesting because um last year obviously they they mixed it up where they played a little bit of three four a little bit of four three as well this year they're they're fully embracing the four three front now what that allows them to to have is a guy not the size of Damian Daniels in the interior, right? When when you looked at last year's film and, and you kind of rewatched some of the games, one of the things you start to realize how valuable Damian Daniels was right in the middle. Now he didn't light up the stat sheet with tackles and sacks and, and pressures or anything like that, but I think folks and Husker fans really started to appreciate Damian Daniels. After or during the Iowa game when he was injured, because you saw what a a consistent and and I mean I guess proven running game in in what Iowa had, what it can do to a defense over the course of four quarters and over I mean Nebraska did a decent job here in in the, in the early stages of the game against Iowa stopping the run, but eventually as Vershawn says as as a lot of people at this station say. 500 rushing yards hurts a lot more, wears down a defense a lot more than 500 passing yards. And especially in a physical conference like the Big Ten, I think when you move to when, when we saw how valuable Damian Daniels was last year, it's just because he took up a ton of space. Like the guy just was, was just ate up space and allowed the linebackers to then to get to the next level. However, now you, you move to a 4-3 front, and you were able to put guys like O'Shawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson on the edge. Maybe you have Caleb Tanner also at an outside linebacker position if, if it's a for-sure rundown. And then you put in, I don't know, Nash Hutmacher, like you mentioned, and, and Ty Robinson as well. And I, I feel a little more confident about it because you're not relying on just one guy right in the middle to take up all the space in the world. However, you're going to need those guys, especially on the edge, the O'Shawn Mathis and the and the Garrett Nelsons, to really get around the edge and try to create some, uh, you know, create some havoc in the backfield. So, am I, how comfortable am I? I? I actually feel a lot better going into this season. I think on the on the defensive front than I did last year going in into the season. Um, now, granted, you had Ben Stilley and and a couple other guys on that on that defensive line, but you knew Casey Rogers wasn't able to stay healthy a ton. You didn't know what you had in Nash Hutmacher. We still don't really know what we have in Nash Hutmacher, I suppose, and Jalen Weaver, but you're not relying on just one guy to take up a ton of space in the middle. And as we know, Big Ten football is a lot of north-south action, right? O'Shawn Mathis talked about it yesterday. Big 12 is east-west. A lot of stretch plays, a lot of tosses, things like that. Now in the Big Ten, what's he know, what he's noticing? It's all north south. It's power run game, right? And uh, and I think I think helping the, having a four three might help. It might also help free up some of the linebackers to get to the backfield and and get some through some of those holes. And I, I actually feel okay about where the defensive line is at. Is it does that 
I guess change to what your feeling is or your biggest concern is is it different than most people's on defense? Do you have a, a concern on as pass defense or is rush defense I, like gonna, a concern I, but not really much of one? See, rush defense, I don't think I have a concern on defense. It used to be the defensive set the secondary. If if you would have asked me three weeks ago what my biggest concern on the defense was, it would be the secondary because you graduate three guys. You need Quentin Newsom to step up and be not only a, a a leader on the field but also off the field. And who else around him is going to be there? Right. You, you add all these guys and Kane Williams and Tommy Hill and and like we talked about yesterday, Bach Tyreek Johnson, who's still lost in the shuffle, and Brandon Moore now. Brandon Moore now, <laughs> like. I said this during the commercial break during the happy hour, but like Nebraska just has a bunch of random guys everywhere, yeah. right? And that's how the college football is changing and, and heading with the transfer portal the way it is. But there's just a lot of random guys that have a little bit of proven experience, maybe at Nebraska, maybe at other schools, that you just really don't know how it's going to shake out. Like Miles Farmer, but but now here's the here's where where I'll say like I'm comfortable in Tommy Hill. I'm confident in Miles Farmer and and other guys. And when you look maybe at linebacker play, you know what you're going to get out of out of Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer. I'm curious how coverage is going to be for some of those outside guys like Oshawn Mathis and um, Caleb Tanner when they're asked to go back and drop back in coverage. Um, who's going to take the nickel spot over? Is it Chris Kalarvik? Is it Javen Wright? Um, either way, it's going to be one of those guys. Whether if it's if it's Javen Wright coming back from an injury from multiple injuries, Luke Gifford could be in Luke there. Gifford as well. Or if it's Luke Gifford and Chris Kalarvik, you're switching positions and have you just haven't done a whole lot on the football field. So maybe nickel position or that rover position. Mm. But really, I don't think I have a ton of concerns about the defense. I, I just I, I don't think I have a ton of concerns. And uh, we we like to hear from you guys, too, so uh, let us know what you think. Uh, I think that's uh, Hate to Pylon off off of Twitch says, hey, guys, so shout out to you. Nice. Uh, Also, um, off the text line, uh, somebody uh, chimes in, we have got no quarterback pressure with the 3-4. We need that pressure for momentum swings, and I, I think that that's you know part of the part of the movement is it just you know it, and, and part of it's just you need the guys. The three four seemingly at times is designed to get uh, re- regardless of whether you have the dudes is maybe mm-hmm. to get you know different uh, blitz pr- uh, packages. You know you don't know where it's coming yeah, from exactly. basically which side you can you're bringing. Things. Yeah, um, and that just hasn't worked so far for them. I, they've got the personnel now. I mean you feel pretty good about the guys that are going to be rushing yeah. the quarterback. Um, and how many blitz packages are they going to have to bring? Are they still going to, you know, blitz Luke Reimer very often? Um, as I think he's pretty effective at, at getting in there if you if you need him to. So um, I can't wait to see what this defense does. Now, when you say you're not concerned, what do you think is the the ceiling for this defense? Because um, we've heard it from from the guys; they want to get a, a top ten defense out there. Caleb Tanner oh. particularly threw that out there. That's a that's a big jump from where they were last year. Um, so it's kind of interesting uh, because you feel confident in what you have there, but how much confidence do you have that they could jump up and be one of the best defenses in the Big Ten? That's hard to do. I mean, Wisconsin, uh, you know, annually has a top ten defense. Iowa led the nation in interceptions again last year. Um, you know, so it, I mean, it's it's a kind of a defensive league. Yeah, and and here's the thing is. Um, you look at Nebraska's maybe ranked or ratings from the last year's defense, and they ranked 58th in rushing defense and 54th in pass defense. Um, and while in in total defense, they were just inside the top 50 at 47th in the country. 
And I, I think once again, like when, when we talk about this program, we stand back from or take a step back maybe from this program and look at it from a 5,000 foot view or however far you want to look away from it. Like, I, I think the biggest thing is the defense has always conti- has always progressed, right? So when we talk about a ceiling or, or even a floor, like I think the floor for this defense has to be fifty, like top fifty, mm-hmm. and, and like that that is very low. And I understand that's right that, where they were, last but that's year, right where they were last yeah. year, right? And and so all you want to see this season, and I think we will, is see them progress, right? And and as we know from last year. You can be a good defense in the Big Ten, but if you're not disciplined on offense, it's not going to win you games. If you're not disciplined as a, as a team, it's not going to win you games. Nebraska could have won the turnover battle as much as they wanted last year, and, and frankly, they, they did a really good job of keeping some of the teams out of the end zone, but that meant nothing when the offense couldn't score. So I, I think it's one of those things where, as a defense specifically, Nebraska's really embraced the idea that they need to lean on their defense in games, and and that's the kind of the Big Ten style, and I think it's okay to to have that mentality. Um, but now here they are, where it's you, last year you you weren't winning the turnover battle necessarily, you weren't forcing a lot of turnovers, weren't forcing a lot of sacks and quarterback pressures. This year, I think there's no excuses. I think that they have, like you said, Bach, the personnel ready to create some more pressure to actually have kind of a a an aggressive defense. And I, I think there's a lot of trust that we've put into this defensive staff just from the product and how we've seen it grow over the last four years, right? Because it's always gotten better. Now, last year, they have a bigger test on their or bigger uh, challenge on their hands this season because last year, you didn't have to worry about the secondary, right? Mm-hmm. You had four or three experienced guys in Markel Dismuke, Deontay Williams, and Cam Taylor Britt. And then you didn't really know who the other guy was going to be, and it ended up being Quentin Newsom. So now this year, it's completely flip-flopped. Quentin Newsom, you know, is going to be a mainstay there who fouls around him. So I think uh, for ceiling, top 15? Top 15, wow. That would be a heck of a defense. Uh, I, I think they need some uh, some guys to obviously step up. And, and I, th- I mean, to, to be in that in that category, you need some dudes. Uh, yeah. In Nebraska, um, you know, here locally, we're getting kind of excited. Maybe they'll make that jump. I think there's a lot of guys that are kind of in that 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 kind of category. They could make a big jump, um, but as as it stands right now, it's hard to envision um, them as a top 15 defense. But I like the I, fact that they believe in themselves that they're that they're they're aiming for it because I don't I think it's without without the realm of possibility. The other thing is, and you mentioned it, maybe they maybe they will. Is the offense going to cooperate? Yeah. Is the offense going well, to lean on the defense, or are they just going to tell the defense? Defense, hey, you try to do your job on the field. We're not really going to to. I mean, we'll do we'll play call whatever we feel suits is going to help us. If it's if it's fast, if it's quick pace, if it's no huddle, yeah. if it's passing the ball three times, if it's you know just not not getting much of the time of the possession off the field, leaving you out to dry. That's gonna that's where it makes it a little bit hard to especially think in those rankings. And it depends on what rankings you want to look at. Yeah. For you know, obviously, very rarely is a team top fifteen across the board. Um, but you know, you kind of think a total defense the number can add up in a, in a quick pace offense if they do go that direction. That, that is that is a very good point. I also think that with this staff, like there's just I, I personally have a lot of faith in Shenander and Travis Fisher. Like I, th- those are two oh, yeah. guys that are extremely valuable to this this program as a whole, right? And um, not only from what they've done, but just also how they talk about 
coaching and and how they operate on a day to day basis. It, it's truly fascinating, um, and I just think that like over the last four years, they this defensive staff as a whole, although there's been some changes, right? Tony Tuioti going to Oregon and being one of them. I think as a whole, they have adapted and learned how Big Ten offenses work. And they've also learned a lot more about the Big Ten West specifically, right? And let's be real. The offenses in the Big Ten West are not overly complex, and they're not that exciting. It's very simple, right? And it's all based around the run. And so outside now, of Purdue. Outside of Purdue. Yeah, exactly, and Aiden O'Connell. But mm-hmm. that was also when they had David Bell. And I'm curious to see how they look this year without a guy like David Bell. Well, but you yeah, still have Aiden O'Connell. Ron- yeah, and they've had Rondale Moore. I mean, they have some That's good true. receivers there That's before. True. Uh, I think in the last three years they've finished last in the Big Ten. I think it's more of a it's a system thing it rather is. than just uh, maybe personnel. It is. But. So either way, okay, so yeah, outside of Purdue then, I mean, they, they, they understand – that they need to stop the run. That needs to be priority number one. And and then the rest will kind of fall in order. And I think that as long as you get a good enough push up front, you're going to have, find success in both stopping the run and then when a team decides to drop back and pass, put enough pressure on Graham Mertz that he makes a mistake, which in all honesty, if you've watched Graham Mertz play, doesn't take a whole lot. Doesn't take a whole lot of pressure or uh, or you know just things happening around him for him to mess up and make a mistake. And so... I think this this defensive staff has learned. I think they're adapting right now, and I think we saw that how they assessed the transfer portal in the offseason, getting the guys that will allow them not only to switch to a 4-3, but find the results in, during this season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I can't wait to see uh, how this defense gets up and moving. Of course, uh, a lot more interest in the off- offense. So even as we talk the defense here, a couple of you guys asking about the offense. Um, <laughs> so many times in, hey, Bach, uh, are we going to throw four picks versus Purdue this year? Does that change your opinion of that game? Uh, if they do, I mean, yeah, you're in trouble. And obviously they did last year. Um, Scott Frost kept Adrian Martinez in the game. Fans didn't seem to enjoy that too much. They kind of had their walkout in that moment. Um, and uh, obviously Nebraska ended up coming up short against Purdue. This time in West Lafayette, um, I do expect Purdue... I mean, they've kind of built their roster pretty well, but they they lose George Karloftis, they lose David mm-hmm. Bell, um, and even their leading returning receiver, I think, was academically ineligible this year. So um, they they've got some some holes there. I, I I expect a shootout in that game. I think a really? lot of us are kind of expecting a shootout in Nebraska versus Purdue. If Nebraska can get the run game going, there you have it. But I I mean, I could I could definitely see that throwing you know each quarterback thrown over 30 40 times a game now obviously that's going to be a a one in one in whatever five six games uh sample where a team's gonna pass more but that's where another reason where it's like nebraska needs to establish a run game as a program they they need to because they're not going to be able to rely on their defense to i guess go out there every single series against purdue and not allow a single yard or, or not allow a couple first downs. Um, however, as long as they get some breaks in between each drive or each series or each time that they're out on the field, I think then you can handle it. However, like that's the thing is like for Nebraska specifically, I, I just don't know. And maybe I'm wrong on this, Bach. Like, and we're not going to learn it until or, or find out until we see it on the field. I just don't know if this is an air raid type offense that Nebraska has. Like I, re- I really don't like. You have guys that you can stretch the field. 
I have got you. You have a, a quarterback in Casey Thompson that can that can sling it. He's shown that at Texas. I just don't know if this is the type of offense or this is the type of uh, uh, of of situation that Nebraska's in in the Big Ten West that you need that that you can throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. I don't think it's ideal, but I think if you, if I look at the, the just the, the tea leaves, right? I mean, the moves that they made. That's true. Casey Thompson wants to sling the ball over the field. He said as much in these studios. I think you can do that, though. <laughs> I, you, you're right. I and think, uh, I think and then, and then there's obviously your offensive coordinator yeah. uh, who's got a history of liking to throw the ball around. I, I mean, I think that that's what they, what they brought those guys here for. I think the biggest thing, though, is – What's your offensive line strength? Exactly. They weren't great at run blocking. They weren't great at pass blocking last year. Um, if if one of those things moved up and the other, you know, didn't, then you kind of still have your obstacle to overcome. But then you you lean mm. into that strength. If they're really good at run blocking, then go, you know, become more of a run heavy yeah. team, regardless of what everything else says. Because when you if you drop back to pass and, and you get all the pressure in your face. And, you know, you're having disastrous outcomes as opposed to handing the ball off and getting four or five yards a pop. Well, then you might be more of a running team. So it's, it's kind of, a, again, it always, you know, there's and, and Str- uh, Strick wants to break this down, too, later. It's kind of like coaching versus personnel. What kind of makes the difference? I always think you got to coach to your personnel. I agree. I, I 100% agree. So, like, that's the thing. But, like, I look at the, I look at the running back room right now and I see, like, there's depth. And we say it every year, so please text line don't don't kill me or anything like that. Don't come after me. But I, I know we say that every year. But you look at at the the running back room, and it's Ramir Johnson, who had a pretty pretty good season for starting fifth on the depth chart last year. As we know, Jack has Yant slimmed down quite a bit, so we see where we'll, we'll find out where his role is at. Gabe Irvin comes back fully healthy. Anthony Grant was the top JUCO running back out of New Mexico Military Institute, and it's like. They, you feel like when you talk about pass blocking there, you feel like they may have recruited some guys out of the portal, or, or I guess just in general, got them to an area where it's they need to pass block. Like they maybe that's so maybe like you you said, Bach, when you kind of look around and see what kind of guys they've attracted and brought in, whether that's coaches or players, maybe we are looking towards a, a, a program that maybe throws the ball 30, 35 times a game. Like, maybe that's the case. I, I just sit here and I go, is it sustainable for the Big Ten? And is it sustainable in a season that you need wins? You need to win close games. And how many times is it going to take for us losing close games to learn that in close games, it's being about discipline. It's it's about discipline, winning the turnover battle. Um, obviously, going with discipline is is not committing stupid penalties, and also clock management. Oh, I think yeah. that's a big thing. And you, it, there's nothing more annoying than at the end of the game you see Iowa with with 24 minutes of possession time, and you have 12. Yeah, and it's like there's nothing more more irritating when you see that on the scoreboard that Iowa's up by 10 points and they have. 13 more minutes of possession time. Well, and, and hopefully, I mean, that is one thing that the the Whipple, who's getting, you know, rave reviews, but exactly. at, at one time, so did Bob Diaco. Uh, you know, nice, <laughs> I'm nice. just saying, it's, it's still preseason here. Everybody likes that, but the one thing that I kind of wish that he had, and, if, and a guy like that, you, you figure knows football, knows football, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you figure that with anybody. Right? You, have your, you have your confidence in that, and we've seen this staff 
really fail uh, in their plan to adjust to the Big Ten. Yeah, and that, it, that's it, my point. Yeah, yeah so gosh. I don't, and, and they didn't get a guy in Whipple that has Big Ten experience. So does he have a learning curve? He certainly doesn't have the leash as far mm-hmm. as Nebraska, as far as Scott Frost goes, to have that learning curve. So um, that's kind of interesting. He, he, so out on the text line here, uh, unnamed texter says that's right. Four picks in the Purdue game, yet Frost refused to pull Martinez out. That poor decision-making is why I'm not optimistic about this team. The biggest problem is the head coach. Now, that's an unnamed texter saying that. I guess my response to that is, yeah, like that was that was kind of the moment where I was like, all right, is this going to work? In, in the grand scheme of things, is going to work if Nebraska – because here, here's where – this was my approach to that Purdue game was with Adrian Martinez and four interceptions. By keeping Adrian Martinez in the game – this staff was telling everybody that was watching that game on that Saturday afternoon that Adrian Martinez with four interceptions was the best quarterback in your room. Yeah. Was your still your best op- chance to win? I think he, he was. He, <laughs> and and that's, maybe that's the case. Right. I don't know if that is this year. I, I don't know if that is the case this year. Um, because Chubba Purdy is a very different quarterback than Logan Smothers is. Very different quarterback than Logan Smothers. And I hate to use the cliche response, but they also have went out and addressed those changes. They got a Power 5 uh, starter in Casey Thompson. They got a new offensive coordinator in Mark Whipple. They fired their quarterback coach, Mario Verduzco. Like, they have addressed that in the offseason. So, once again, the way I approached that Purdue game was was Scott Frost basically and and unintentionally telling the Nebraska fans, Adrian Martinez with four picks still gives us our best chance to win. That's why I kept him out there. Because once again, this whole thing's not about effort. It's not like Scott Frost is trying to lose these games. No, but it, I mean, it's, effort's unfortunately not going to do much. Exactly. I mean, that doesn't mean much in college football, as, as long as you're giving it. I mean, most people are. Um, but you just kind of think about that room over the years. And, and Logan Smothers, was he ready or not to come in in that moment? Maybe not. Um you know, he played well enough against Iowa in an unsustainable game plan, but you yeah. know, maybe you could you could have had him in there a game or two. But you got to remember, you know, their quarterback room, their second best guy a few years ago is now playing wide receiver at Rice. I mean, they they Bach, you're killing me, man. Well, that's what no, it is. It is. I you're mean, right. they you're they, right. they haven't done a great and, job of of getting competition in for Adrian. It was just exactly. kind of handed off to Adrian. And don't forget that that wide receiver at Rice was the future of the program. That's right. That, that's, they that's, saw him as a quarterback when not, almost nobody yeah. else did, and that it took alarming. all of you know a game and a half for the Nebraska fan base to say, "Ah, there's not a really much of a future there, mm-hmm. quarterback." Yeah. Um. So it's kind of interesting how that well, plays out. So you talk about, and I know we got to get to to Brian here in a second, but we talk about a sustainable game plan, and maybe there, like I really like Logan Smothers, I, I really do. I, I enjoy watching him in practice and things like that. Um. But from what we saw last year, is maybe there's a chance that you can't create a sustainable game plan for what fits this this team's personnel right now and and coaches coaching style maybe you can't create a sustainable game plan for Logan Smothers however let's say Casey Thompson goes out and throws four interceptions i think you can plug Chubba Purdy in and there's a similar game plan that you have that you had with Casey Thompson it's not a complete switch like it would be if if you brought in Logan Smothers right i i think so you can create a sustainable game plan for Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy that maybe you can't create one for Logan Smothers 
for what this coaching style is, and and that's throwing the football quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's we got to take a quick break because we got to get to uh, Brian Munson on Three Sports, our weekly guest here on a Tuesday. We'll continue. Thanks to everybody for for chiming in. We'll continue to uh, get to your stuff, uh, your quotes, your comments here in the text line, and, and of course on uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Twitter, whatever you may be chiming in with. Um, but first, we got to take a break and come back with Brian Munson of On Three Sports. That's next here on the Ticket Water Cooler on ninety three seven The Ticket. 